Destination unknown. Uh, destination. Hey, this is Benjamin Boyce and Leslie Elliot Boyce. Ooh, and welcome to the deep end or the depend, depending on how you deepened it. I am your host, and so is she. And here we are checking back in. It's been a few weeks, Leslie. It I, has. I thought we. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I am now listening to myself, listening to you. Okay, here, you click. Okay, you just started this, right? Like, uh, yeah. well, this is brand we're, new. We're, we're rolling. It's been a while. It's been like three or four weeks because we had a bunch of things happening. We went to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. uh, then we went to, before Hawaii, we were in New York. After Hawaii, we were in Denver. Mm -hmm. And uh, then after that, I was in Portland. So, man, we have been busy, 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 busy. Um, how you been, though? How's your month been, Leslie? Ellie? It's been Boys? just really great. It's yeah. been really, really Any great memorable time. events? Uh, a few. A few. Um, we got a new game. That was really memorable. Oh, what was the game that we got? Earth. Earth. What do you think about it? Um, I like it. It's really complicated. Could but... you describe it to the audience? Do you have the language yet uh, to describe video games? The nerd language. It's, it's not, not a video, video game. game. It's a... Yeah, it's a board game. It's a, It's you, you call it an engine building game. It's an engine builder. Yeah. Earth. <laughs> I found it on sale on Amazon. Uh, you build an engine. You basically, you, the game is you have an island and you grow plants and you get multipliers. So an engine is that you set up using various cards in this game, uh, different uh, you know, combos that get stronger and stronger. And then you kind of grow your island and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty fast. Once you pick it up, there's a lot of symbols you have to figure out. So yep. Our first game, we're kind of like, wait, what? Trying what do we do? This, out. that, the other thing, you know? And then, uh, and then the second one, she, uh, yeah, no, actually, our, 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 we played like, I guess, three, three yep. games of that, and uh, our scores were pretty even. And then one, and I just then creamed you, her. You creamed me. I just but creamed yeah, her. Yeah, you started to really get it. But you, I don't know to what extent it's um, luck or uh, strategy. You look nice you in my hat. To, it's, yeah, it's her hat. She really likes the yellow hats. <laughs> I like yellow. Yellow, yellow. yellow hats. Yeah. So we are watching chat if you guys have any particular questions uh, that you guys want us to answer because a lot of things have been really busy. I mean, we did get married and yes. there was a man in a dress. And oh, yeah, that's, the man that's, in the com dress. that's completely been... dominated the last two weeks of my life. Yeah. I mean, a spiritual treat, retreat. Yeah. You're my spiritual treat, but I was oh, on a spiritual thanks. retreat. Yes. Hope our audio is okay. Yeah. I hope so too. Um, but what were some of the thoughts that you want to have? Uh, I guess we, we, we named it the episode Creepy Creepers. Oh, yeah, just because there was just a comment on Twitter. Somebody saying that you you give her the creeps. And that's yeah. not the first person I've seen no. say that about no. you. Many, you many, many feministish females. Why do you think that they have to creepy. be feminist to find you creepy? I just Couldn't it's they just, just find you creepy for other reasons. I'm I'm sure it is, but it's it's just like it's feminists. It's mm -hmm. people within the gender critical discourse that are usually resentful or upset that I keep on popping up in their feed because I tend to have like the premier conversations in this space just because I, I, I basically I forged the, the way for this to happen in, in a discursive way through my conversation technique. And then after me, a bunch of podcasts around this issue uh, started up, but I just kind of got in there first and, you know, for some reason I'm creepy. I don't know why I'm creepy. Do you know why I'm creepy? Um, I don't really find you creepy, so I'm not sure I find you. Uh, is there a creep dar? Creepy. Like there's a gay dar. Is there a creep dar? Because mm. because when when we get into the niceties of the Phil Illy dress debate, it comes down to people's uh, having a vibe about 
Phil. Well, and I wonder how many people have that vibe based on in-person interaction and versus impressions online. Yeah, representative. Yeah. Representative. Yeah. Like, what is he symbolizing for them? Yeah. yeah. And the whole AGP debate, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot about that that is real, is, it ties into things that are very uncomfortable Buffalo for a lot of women. Buffalo well, yeah, there's that. But then there's also just all the women who have experience, the trans widow experience of having someone that you think you know uh, say, actually, there's this whole other thing, and then start doing an, a, a completely different thing, which changes them aesthetically, changes them um, sexually. Yeah. Just it's, and, and I think that that's, that's such a deeply unsettling and destabilizing experience yeah. for so many women who've been through that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't been through that, but I have been through discovering that your partner was living a double life, yeah, a complete double life in terms of. Was well, uh, that creepy though? It was. It it creepy. I mean, it, the sexual aspect was creepy for me. Yeah, there's creepiness. Like you don't know what you've been involved in. Yeah. Or what your partner's been involved in. Or involved you in. Yeah, yeah, passively by by being a third party to something. Yeah. So yeah, there's that creepiness, um, but I think that there's something really creepy about uh, the sexuality aspect for women, mm. the bait and switch on sexuality. Yeah, the male the, sexuality. The, yeah, the trans widow experience. Well, so, why, why trans widow? Because it seems like it's not a lot of people. The people who call me creepy are not usually the moms. They're just uh, no. But when we're talking about the AGP thing and why that would set off somebody's um, okay, well, trans widow don't vibes. seem to be the ones who are kind of churning this debate, keeping I this. I don't think and that the it's the, trans this... widows, but I'm saying that they're relating. I think that I can see how that could be related to that experience, which okay. is kind of a nightmare experience for okay. a lot of women okay. who are seeing that happen and thinking, oh, my God, could that be my husband? I, You yeah. know, this woman thought she knew this man, lived with him for this long, had children with him, and then um, that's, it is very, it's a, it's a very unsettling thing. Yeah. Disturbing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the context in which you usually hear people talking about AGP. Okay. Well, there, I mean, there's AGP abroad, you know, there it's ma'am stuff. Yeah. And a lot of AGP discourse that I've seen is mm -hmm. reposting of uh, very not passable, cringy male to kind of trying to simulate female mm -hmm. uh, men and then also pornography. Um, you know, they, the gender critical people share a lot of pornography um, mm -hmm. as as a group, uh, you know, kind of like a, a group session of, of, of mass ridicule or, or group ridicule. Wait, they share pornography? Or yeah, they yeah. share what? The gender critical people are sharing pornography? Did yeah, you yeah, the, the AGP porn, you know, like guys who oh. go into oh, really? restrooms and jerk off. Yeah, that, I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then there's also the outrage porn factor, uh, you know, like look at like a lot of ridicule, a lot of look at this guy. But to be absolutely fair, the people who could be diagnosed as AGP are the ones that are being the most rude, the most uh, surly, and the most violent towards women on a political level. The in ones this who are overtly and obviously AGP, I guess. I, yeah, I, but that's still, that's a technical diagnosis, but you could probably say that the homosexual transsexuals aren't as, are not the spearhead of, of the political pushback against gender criticals. Um, I think there's a question about that. I think that that's one of the things that's raised by this entire discussion is this, this idea of, 
well, we've had for a long time this this concept that we're transing the gay away, right? Yeah. But then the AGP thing raises an entirely separate source for gender dysfunction or gender dysphoria. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's one piece of the conversation I think that's been well supplied through the Phil discussion. Okay. Or brought to it's been highlighted by this discussion around Phil Illy is how he he is suggesting that he thinks most at least male to female trans people yeah. are motivated by autogynephilia. Yeah. Some level. He, he he the way that he describes it is that it's kind of like a an influencer, one one mm-hmm. of just like a, an inclination. And I could understand that inclination. There's something appealing about feminine clothing. Oh. Because Don't do say more. Well, I mean, you're the one who do showed up. More. Well, you we're, were wearing we're talking my about hat, that. so I guess I am not, wearing your toque. Does that mean you're cross-dressing? Right yeah, now? am I cross-dressing right now? Every once in a while, I have sweaters that have the zipper on the other side, and I feel like a, oh. a transvestite. But um, mm. you know, I mean, you know, there's a reason. How do you feel about that? There's a reason why lingerie is mm. lingerie. Mm. Like there's like there's something essentially kind of rather appealing. Mm about the article of clothing, or at least what the article of clothing is doing upon the body of okay. the female, right? Okay. And so there's an association of, of the, the, the article of clothing, that feminine mystique, has some sort of attractiveness in and of itself. Now, to what okay. degree that becomes a fetish or becomes a thing in itself... That, that you would want to put on yourself? Well, okay, I mean, putting on yourself, like, like we, we spoke with the psychologist Steve Levine that I interviewed. He spoke at both Genspect and Sagem, mm-hmm. and he's a pretty awesome guy. I get to interview him. I, I have to figure out about how I can get that interview on my channel because it's well, a really wonderful, should, really wonderful. Yeah, yeah I got to ask around to, to get the, the rights to that one. But it's really wonderful because he talks about the human aspect of this. And in conversation with him, he was talking about mm-hmm. how... Uh, we we were trying to tease these uh, these aspects of like w- what makes a sexuality unhealthy. Now, the pro- one of the problems with the philly debate is that there's all these terms that are all kind of being men- meant to mean the same thing, which is disgust. When somebody uses paraphilia, mm-hmm. fetish, um, perversion, it's all it all that stuff is just lumped into an expression of disgust towards a behavior. Mm-hmm. Why do we have a feeling of disgust? towards the behavior. It doesn't seem like people really want to drill into that. I think the disgust is around the dysfunction. It's a, it's a, you, you've gone astray from what the purpose of this behavior is to a degree that you're misfiring. Misfire. I mean, quite literally misfiring in okay. some sense, I guess. I mean, to use the autogynephilic, the, the, the scientific or the research oriented auto, uh, discussions on autogynephilia, they call it a erotic target location error which okay. is just so it's a very fancy like thing. Dysfunction like it's, it's, it's a like misfire a, and yeah. and phil will probably say that it is a misfire i think that's what it's it's, say, it's yeah. wrong now to what if it is wrong what what makes it wrong what makes it unhealthy one aspect of the gender critical debate if i may just use that term in order to to describe like one kind of hazy uh, environment that that's making a, a repeatedly the same criticism is that Phil's behavior, just on a level of dress, signals danger. Okay. Right? So there's the danger aspect, which is kind of the creepy aspect, but there's also a feeling of disgust that Rudy, in my previous uh, interview with Rudy, well, debate, so-called, with Rudy and Mm -hmm. Phil, Rudy kept on coming and saying that you are perverse. You are a Mm. pervert. What you're doing is a perversion. Do not associate your perversion with my sexuality. My sexuality, which is homosexuality, 
up into including like visiting. He talked about visiting bathhouses. So like it's a promiscuous, it's a promiscuous, okay. uh, hetero, uh, homosexual mm-hmm. sexuality is a different class. Was it only a perversion because he knows what? Because Phil has talked about what he thinks, or was it just the act of, like, is where is it perverse for a man to wear makeup? It, or... It's not per. It, from what we could gather, for what I could gather, it's not. It's. It's totally fine for a man to wear women's clothing and makeup as long as he doesn't admit or know himself to have any sort of romantic or sexual or or libidinous Hmm. feelings about that. So So just having the feelings would make it perverse. But if you don't have the feelings, then like you, but everything we do has some sort of feeling. Yeah, but I guess I wonder, I I guess I kind of, this would be a better question directed toward asked of someone who actually is experiencing autogynophilia rather than just asking it out loud here. But I I guess I wonder, is it the act of wearing the makeup that, or the dress that, that is erotic or is, is it that you have some underlying erotic association with yourself as a woman? And so you do all these other things as well, like in order to facilitate that, but like, I guess I just I think that there seems like there's there's two issues. There's your there's lifestyle. A lot of issues, but yeah. Well, in that regard, aesthetically, there's your lifestyle, and there's your sexual behavior, which would be would would there would be overlap and influence between, but they wouldn't necessarily be one and the same. Well, you know, and then so this this is another aspect that I wish that if the conversation would would be a little bit less oriented around the disgust reflex Mm -hmm. and the safeguarding reflex. And we can Mm -hmm. actually study the behavior and then actually make stronger cases, stronger case, moral cases against normalizing autogynophilia is to what degree do, is it the case that when you feed this inclination, Mm -hmm. does it grow bigger? Right. So, so if you start to feed a porn habit, doesn't necessarily grow big, bigger and greater i'm i'm sure that it's it depends on the individual participating in it maybe to some extent but i think that with all these things i mean this is one of the things i wondered and i think that was one of my first questions when i spoke with phil was it and it's a very personal question to be asking someone in front of people yes but to what extent does porn inspire this or how did this does, does this have to do with pornography use and that's something that i would suspect is that a lot of these kind of these these fetishes and these these paraphilias or these misdirected or dysfunctional sexual uh, inclinations, how much are are those influenced by the amount of time you've had to spend on just really Immersing exploring your in... own personal sexual drives and yeah. and is is that a dysfunction in and of itself yeah. to have that much time to focus on that yeah and I'm you know I'm I guess that's a it's probably a conversation for another day because it's, it's a such a long conversation, a long but conversation. I am really anti-pornography. Yes, you are. Strongly. Yes, she is. Sorry. No, that's fine. That's me. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, but there's also the aspect of it to put a fine point on Phil's position. And it's interesting. Part of the reason why some people are calling me creeps right now is because I'm able to sympathize with Phil because I'm, mm-hmm. and why am I sympathizing with Phil? 
they always read my mind. Like, why would you sympathize with it? Oh. It's because you probably want <laughs> to get because you you're, you're creepy too. Yeah, like, you probably yeah. wear your wife's underwear. Like, like I'm I'm associated with that. He's but never it could worn be the case. But he does wear my hat. I mean, the problem with explaining your intentions is that you could always be lying. Actually, so, so it, yeah. who cares what what my reasons are? But I would make the argument that understanding that person's point of view would give me a better ability to make decisions, make judgments about how we can scale up sexual morality, which is a conversation that we probably want to arc into across Maybe. the broader social milieu, right? So how do we, how do we regulate? How do we say, listen, don't wear these clothing, mm. right? Well, On what basis yeah, can we say, huge don't topic. express yourself this way? That's huge. I right? think that's a whole nother thing. But I think that going back to what you said about being, what did you say about seeing his point or, yeah. being able to listen to him or something like that. I think that's such an important piece that's missing is the way I've been shocked by the way that people go straight to this kind of really, uh, this, this awfully snarky mocking speech, these, these tones that are just like, it's not even snarky. It's really mean. It's really mean. It's and really I, mean. I, 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 and I it's think always that about breaking down character disagree or, or... with someone without seeing them as inhuman. This is that and this is that particular the, political movement, which will not be named right now. Well, I think that really it's um, it's emotional flooding when you're just emotionally flooded. And I was just having this conversation with with um, emotional flooding. Oh, uh, it sounds kind of paraphilic, <laughs> like sacks of emotion just bursting in your brain. <laughs> That's, so I was having I was talking with somebody about this the other day. It actually brought up. Uh, in my own situation, I have uh, sometimes still feel this way <laughs> when I have to talk to my ex. Yeah. I'm still so frustrated with certain things and I feel myself become kind of overwhelmed emotionally and I just want, and I, I get flooded. I get to where I know I'm not going to be able to engage rationally because I'm angry. And so I recognize that happening, but it leads to really ugly discourse. And that was a post that does it um, lead? Does Alistair it ever lead anywhere yesterday? to to a mutual understanding or? I to just resolution? think it's a way that when you see somebody engaging in that way, it's you you gotta disengage because you're not gonna get you're not going to have there's no path back to have a rational argument through that emotional flooding. Yeah. And Alistair Gunn yesterday, he posted on Twitter about how he's lost a lot of his, um, oh, I guess his, his passion for the gender yeah. fight after getting some really nasty comments. He's got cancer and someone basically wished him dead, wished him suffering when they found that out because they take a different place, a different perspective than him. Yeah. And he posted some things and he had this really well-written um piece thread about about this reflections on this on this way that people choose to conduct themselves when they're frustrated with the other person's side of an argument and that's the thing that i find so upsetting about arguing arguments on social media and you know i have mm. really tried to keep social media at arm's length for most of my adult life yeah. and so this last year being on twitter has been interesting to sit by and watch it. I got you on Twitter. Not exactly. Well, I you got me like, to use it more though. I kinda, yeah, I had just I was a lurker, and then you, yeah, okay. But the um, this recent thing with the 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 dress debacle, 
I don't have a problem with the people who have legitimate criticisms. I think I have some of those myself. Yeah. There, it's it's a big topic. It's worth a lot of discussion. I think that the, the not this particular man and this particular dress, but what it means. What do you do from there? What does it mean about dress codes for men and women? And, yeah. And, but the the vitriol and the rage and the way that people are expressing themselves, I just, I'm really taken aback by that. It's funny. You it's think so? Funny. Well, I mean, it's just, it's silly. It's silly, you know? But do you, did you see something? I was just, I, I haven't checked in. Somebody somebody so. said I put it on the... You should put that up. I put it, well, I put something up. Women can be creepy, too, which we oh, can really? talk about. We can <laughs> yeah, talk about. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Or nasty. Um, oh, no, don't say oh, that. Oh, don't say that. No. Okay, well, who am I putting up? The one I, I, I somebody, uh, Chaucerian fraud says I put AGP in the same category as furries. Uh, Georgina wants to know why no one talk about the pit display. Pit display, what's uh, that? His armpits. I don't know what the pit display is. Hmm. The parents uh, with inconvenient truths about trans, which is P I T T. I don't know, which is an acronym. Hmm. Okay. Anyhow, so. Where to? How do we? Well, okay, creepy, 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 creepy. Um, people respond to him and avoid those who are creeped out. What's that first one? Wait, can you give me the Go color? Scroll up. Can't see it. There you go. Ninja. Ninja. Yeah, he says I've seen Phil two or three times. Now he dresses as a female, but he is very aware of how people respond to him, and avoids those who are creeped out. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't want to have to apologize for saying this or try to qualify it too much. I just didn't find him creepy. Yeah. I thought he just, you know, some people he did some people. Didn't. I found he, I had a conversation with him. He said he was a circus arts performer. He looked very much like, like an acrobat, looked like he was wearing sort of like these weird arm things and leg things. And I don't know. I just, it, it didn't creep me out, but that's not to say that somebody else wouldn't feel that way. It is. A, he is wearing a dress. But then again, I've lived in Seattle for yeah. a while. You see all kinds of things. We're inoculated. Yeah, I guess so. There's women with beards all over the place now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And uh, men with boobs. And they're just yeah. like, they're hybrids. Like, like Seattle's just, or this area's just become well, and that's another very thing. hybridinous. I think people, it's a conversation for people who have been really gender critical, I guess that's the people who oppose gender ideology yeah even if we end gender ideology now and we go forward and there's new regulation around cosmetic medical intervention for gender transition and it stops and we stop educating kids in school with that mm -hmm. what is that this is my phone mm. can you keep talking yeah. and grab that so even if we are able to end it we're still going to have a, like a generation of young people that look gender, like have ambiguous gender expression. And we're going to have to figure out how to manage that. So those people who feel uncomfortable with the gender ideology, and I would count myself among them, I would like to see it. I would like to see people manage gender dysphoria differently uh, without the way we're medicalizing it. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to have people for quite some time into the future who have 
there, there's a whole bunch of people now in the population who have had some degree of medicalization yeah. and are going to go through life with ambiguous gender presentation. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do we manage that? And where do we draw lines? And if we say somebody, like a man can't wear a dress, how do you define what's a man now and who's who can't wear that dress? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And if a man can't wear a dress, does that mean that a, a man who has had his genitals removed and yeah. now presents and has been on estrogen and has breasts, does that person have to wear just, male typical clothing and cannot show up in a dress? It's just... It, it, it's one thing to say men can't wear dresses. It's the other say to say men. It, it's one thing to police men wearing dresses. It's another to police why men men wear dresses. Well, then you're getting into mind reading. Category. Like, how do you police why somebody does something? I think that you can't. You, you just call to... them creepy online and you ridicule them and you laugh at them and hopefully yeah. they're like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll not do that. Yeah. You know, because the the social costs of behaving in this way that you think that I'm behaving or why I'm behaving this way is too much. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll cease to do that. But yeah, and then there's there's also the whole thing about autism that's kind of like shadowing yeah. here because mm -hmm. Phil has said that he's he's slightly autistic. I, think that there is a lot of autistic signifiers. And again, we're just talking about this human being who didn't really do anything wrong to anybody. We're talking about his personal life. Like we, like he owes it to us. Was there a way to have this conversation without directing it at him so that we could have this? He's like the, he's the, the person who was, he catalyzed yeah. a conversation. Yes. But does it have to still revolve well, around it goes back to thing? Can Why it... are people being so personal? Why are people taking it so personal? Why are people being so nasty? It's because they are taking it personally and they're directing it at a person mm -hmm. because they are personally insulted by this person's behavior. Mm -hmm. And then they have to just imagine that they know the guy. And even me, who's like, listened to him and tries to speak from his point of view, mm -hmm. is accused of, of, you can't sympathize with this guy because even sympathizing with him means that you're against the other side mm. like this other side who really really is really really deeply well, disturbed how are you dealing it. with that because you've been really i i every Ugh. time i look at at anything online about you right now it's quite a mixed bag you oh yeah you have really pissed some people off cashews and pistachios dude <laughs> What? Yeah, they're Brazil. It's just a mixed bag. It's mixed nuts. Oh, a bunch okay. of mixed nuts. There's a couple of raisins out there. Little pruny little people like this. following me around. I don't know. Like the every six months, every three to six months, I have gotten, I have gotten dogpiled by the same group of people. How do you know it's the same? For group the of people? past four, because it's the same accounts. Oh, okay, so it's like a small subset of these. You have haters. You have a no, no. Group. They just forget about me. They they exhaust all of their angst on me. And I had a conversation with Nina Paley about scapegoats and sacrificial mm -hmm. lambs. And I think there's a, and we spoke with we met up with James Lindsay yesterday. Mm -hmm. and we had a great great dinner with him, mm -hmm. or lunch or brunch or whatever. And James was talking about there is a psychosocial aspect to this much more than an ideological aspect of this. And he's including not just third wave feminism or like this particular branch of feminism that's very activisty, but all of Marxism and all the substance of Marxism. It's a way of of creating or, or of well, he, he got really technical. He says that it's it's phenomenology over ontology it, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what is it matters what seems right and so it's all a social order and it's all created by reinforcing a social order like the phenomenal phenomenology so mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what 
Phil has done, it matters how he's interpreted more. And so it doesn't matter what I've done. Like I can, I can talk to women until my face comes blue or turns blue and not even talk to women. I can interview 400, 500 women and just really carefully, cautiously listen to and support them and, and platform them and uh, raise them up. But if I violate one tenet, tenet, mm-hmm. tenet, of the dogma of these gender critical radical feminists or whatever they are, they will all say you are a super misogynist. You are not our ally. We okay. never should have trusted you. But so it just it happens over and over and over and over and over and over. When you say they, I think you have to be really careful not to attribute what your your the the feelings that are being expressed to you beyond the person who's expressing them. I mean, it's yeah. But if there's careful. a bunch of people then who are doing that, people. how do I use? What's the plural pronoun that I'm allowed to use? Okay, okay. If not, yes, they. you can use they. But I, I think that there's this tendency. I hear you. Yeah, you're right. There is. I have to constantly say I'm not talking about this group of yeah. people. I'm talking about this other group of people, and maybe I'm not talking about this label. And that's another trick of the whole discourse. Yeah. You can't actually. Anybody could be a feminist. Mm-hmm. Anybody could be a trans rights activist. Like there's no code of conduct. There's no actual tenets, but but in in aggregate they police discourse, and in aggregate they have triggers. If you use certain phrases, if you say men are more rational than women, mm-hmm. they just lose it. And even if you say that as a joke, they just lose it because that's a trigger word. Mm-hmm. Rationality and man put together, like that that is just a core tenet of what they believe about like well, women's oppression and women being told that they're not rational. But to be fair, if irrational. you say something like that, you know you're being a little bit cheeky. You know you're being a bit of a troll. Well, that was a really bad example. Okay. Sometimes I've said that, but I didn't even mean to say that and I get mad. Sometimes okay. I joke about orthodoxy and they get mad. So <laughs> I've been, I've been like repeatedly, they, there's a psychosocial dynamic in this group where they have a lot of inner tension. They're already, they're always positioning themselves and always like there's a lot of tension between them. But whenever a man comes along who's, a, who's, who's just the right size, not too big, not too small, okay. where they can all gang up on him, they take all of that negativity that's in their group. It's a scapegoat act, activity. It's a psychosocial dynamic more than it is an ideological Well, it's thing. also an internet dynamic. Yeah. I mean, this is also just this weird artifact of, internet discourse it's like Emanation. it's like don't read the comment section and twitter's just the big like the giant comment section yeah you know constant comment constant comment yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's something kind of you know people are discharging a lot of emotion well i mean so it's a constant so mm-hmm. how do we regulate our emotions leslie Elliot? oh gosh <laughs> how do you how context. do we how do we refrain from emotional flooding well, I I think it's it's good to take time if you start to notice that you are feeling like that to not. I mean, you say that you you told me that oh really early on in our communication. I you said I don't argue in text. And it wasn't because we were arguing or anything. You just said I it's a thing that you try not to do. And I thought that was really wise. We argued precisely once in on text? text and Did it was we? an absolute disaster. Well, don't remind me because We'll have to go through it right now. Like, no, well, no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you had your point, I had my point, no. and neither of us could listen to e- mm. each other. And so we both, like, got further and further apart mm. in what we were talking about and hist- histrionicalizing. Like, we were getting more and more dramatic. 
Like it's just a part. It's just a part of like our timeline. Now I want to know what it was, but don't tell me right now. I'll ask you later. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, I don't remember. Yes, like I violated yeah, that, yeah. and I'm like, it was just like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Never, ever, ever do this. Well, and I think that that's the thing. Is like you get. It's so easy to start just you know, just just start losing sight of the complexity of the other person's yeah. perspective yeah. and flatten them down. Yeah. And then you're treating them as if they just represent this thing that you're frustrated with. Well, and you're also reinforcing them to act in a certain way, too. So you're turning the salty stick even the salty saltier. Stick. Yeah, it's about the salty it's, stick. And yeah. you're turning the salty stick even saltier mm-hmm. by licking it in a certain way. Uh, that's a really funny bit. The did. salty stick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So there are like like the hate follow. It's it's my little story about the hate follow, and I mm. can repost it again. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, you posted it on Twitter. Just the yeah. Other. Yeah. This is like about the hate follow because yeah. we were talking about hate follow. Yeah, and I don't. We like have to a hate follower too. Oh yeah, we do. We have somebody who hates us and posts about us. Yeah. But that's fine. Is that creepy? Can women be creepy? Uh yeah, women can be creepy. Who's creepier, men or women? Uh, men are creepier. Oh, than women. she didn't even she didn't even disqualify. Like not all men. She's like no men. No, men. in general, men. although I'm sure that there are some women out there who are way creepier than some men. Yeah. I mean, of course, but What's yeah. What's creepy? Can you, can you define creepy? Can I define creepy? Like when somebody calls me creepy, what do creepy you think Creepy is like about? a mixture of disgust and fear, maybe. Mm, like like he's feeling like something is creepy he's is a like hypocrite. It's he's disgusting a liar. and I'm also a little scared of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's an insane, it's a vibe thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't, that's such a weird piece of slang somebody 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 criticized me for being anti-woman i'm like what can you tell me where i was anti and they're like it's just a vibe it's a vibe i'm like wait what like you said i'm anti-women like every time it just See, always comes about oh oceana 23 yeah. um benjamin is Lindsay in town will he be speaking anywhere or just visiting also you've gone out of your way to be kind to your guests to your know. guest, maybe me. Am I your oh, guest? you're my, no, you're not my <laughs> guest now. You're my taskmaster. <laughs> Lindsay was in town for some sort of uh, I don't know if I should say it all. It was some sort of he gave a talk at a gala or something, and um, but not in not, not yeah, it was pier. south of Seattle. Yeah, um, yeah. and so we, we went down and we met him uh, on a pier. There's pictures on our on our Twitter. <laughs> we met him and then we also went to a pier. Okay, yeah, we we had a little. That sounds kind of like sketchy, like. We had a little peer like we review. We had some weird rendezvous on a peer. We had some peer to peer peer review. Peer review. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. yeah. We peered off the yeah. peer. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. So, um, wedding. Not a creep. I want to see what people think about the creepiness. Oh, okay. I want to talk. There was what, a creep here. I wanna, I wanna not make... creep. I think that's about you, Benjamin. You're not a creep. Not creep. I don't know how to add this. Okay, there we go. Not <laughs> creep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what about the wedding? Well, one more thing. This, the Philly thing. Okay. Usually these things last three to four days. It's been two weeks and it's still going on. There's something well, going on Well, we're having more here. conversation about it right now. I know, I know. But, but like, no, on Twitter, like I keep on being assaulted by people's low opinion of me and like low resolution opinion of me which is stressful like it usually doesn't get to me but when it gets it goes on and on and on it gets like more it just grinds well, me well can down. you just stop talking it about it down. can you just stop can you like can we just, just put stop? a pin in it and it's like, like put, could I, you just not dress that way if you don't want to be <laughs> gang raped online you know like could you just stop it's like it's all it's like blaming the victim here <laughs> <laughs> blaming the victim is that right <laughs> you're blaming me i'm a victim okay 
Yeah. Well, no, they keep it keeps on coming up. Okay. Anyways. anyways yeah. No, anyways. It's, a, it's true. It's true. Anyways. Yeah, it has gone on and on, and it. I think it's because it has it. People on on one side of the argument want to. It just represents one thing to them that's very, very clear. Right. And they're very frustrated yeah. that the people who are still seeing some merit in uh, allowing his behavior don't just see it their their way. It's not flat for them. I, allowing his behavior. His behavior. Okay, so like the, the dress thing, if we're going to just Well, and his continue. ideas, like that well, he wrote these ideas. Forget his ideas okay. for a little bit. Okay. I just, I think looking just at behavior, if we were to say that was not okay, it's not okay for a man to come to a conference and address. You have to be able to say why, and you have to figure out what your, your set of rules is yeah. and who, how to apply that fairly across yes. the board. And so why is it not okay for him to wear a dress? It's and a... it can't be because of what the thought's in his mind. He has to also be... I, I think that that's off limits because are we going to start doing like a thought scan for everybody about their clothing? <laughs> That's, I mean, can you do that? You intent do matters. That. Well, how do you measure intent? You you can measure behavior. So if he's starting to do something that's creepy, so if he's if he's fondling himself or masturbating or leering at people or something, well, clearly decency rules would would apply. He would be ejected really quickly and yeah. maybe even well, arrested. <laughs> what? Not that all. That's not everything that'd be ejected in record speed. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Yeah. Okay. So. But if he's allowed, if he's not allowed to wear a dress, then yeah. what other males would not be allowed to wear a dress? And would it be dependent on how much medicalization you've had? And then, or how gay you are. And then if you're going to do that, you're actually supporting and pushing the idea of medicalization for gender and dysphoria rather gender than non-medical. And gender roles. And gender yeah, roles. Yeah, yeah. So look at how the gender critical. So it's just, it becomes a really complicated thing. I mean, yeah. you, how can you say that People should be allowed to express themselves how they want. Just please don't medicalize. And we're worried about medical over medicalization for for transgender individuals, and especially for for youth who are trans identified. But then the person who gets the most flack is the person who shows up expressing gender nonconformity, but not not trying to go into the opposite sex spaces and not medicalizing. Mm. So I think that that's that's a big topic. And they and the people who are critical of this feel like no the AGP is a workaround and you're just going to zoom into that and call that out and therefore invalidating the rest of it for him so he's he's invalid in in terms of consideration for those other factors because of the AGP yeah. but then what about the next guy who it feels exactly the same way just hasn't written a book about it or talked about it and presents that same way is that how then you're getting into mind reading yeah then you're getting into thought police okay so which goes back to how do we police public morality? On what basis are we going public to police morality? well public behavior, like mores, norms, dress norms, sex norms? How do we enforce sexual mores in the current era? On what basis? And, and the basis needs to be not rational in and of itself, but rationalizable, like something that we can argue about check, test, make really solid arguments, convince each other without name-calling. Okay. Right? Well, who is we, first of all? Anybody what, who what wants to... What size group are you trying to dictate okay. morals Okay, oh, that's for, good. Okay, so Seattle. Just for, just like the city of Seattle, you want to talk Let's about Let's make that? Seattle moral. <laughs> okay. Well, um... What would you do with pride? <laughs> 
If you were the mayor of Seattle and you wanted to clean up well, you know, I, sodomy. I keep asking this question over and over because this is something that I'm really curious about. It's how do we define healthy sexual morality in a secular age and right now when everything's gone so off the rails? I mean, well, when things have broken down to the point where people people are are dissecting gender and sexuality in all kinds of different ways and it's completely splintered so how do those of us who are concerned about this how do we define what healthy sexual morality actually is and i i've asked this of many people as i'm having these conversations and i asked james Lindsay this yesterday and james Lindsay. i thought his i thought his uh response he was really quick with his response he like obviously had already given this a lot of thought and he uh came closer to Something that resonated with me yeah, okay. than, than anybody oh, else. A vibe. He had a vibe. I don't use A that. resonance. I'm sorry. Not a vibe, but a resonance. Okay. Well, I guess it is pretty similar, but okay. So, yeah, it, it, seemed, it, it made sense to me. It didn't seem to complete the picture for me, but it was a really good start. And he was talking about public versus private. That was his main, uh, I guess, dividing line, is make make sexual behavior private again, basically. And I thought... Sexuality in general. I thought, yeah, that seems... That, and I was... I was had a hard time sleeping last night and I kept on thinking about you this. You too? Yeah. We were tossing and turning, man. Yeah, I know. The cats were running around too. Did you guys have like a weird night? Maybe there was some sort of like conjunction. <laughs> the moon out. The moon is full or something. Yeah, something no, I don't think it is actually. But... um slept terribly. Yeah. It was... Uh, I was... I kept thinking about this. Like, is there some way to brand sexuality privacy of sexuality like making sexuality private like get it out of make the modesty sphere. sexy again that's that's my make <laughs> modesty sexy again that's what we need to do. <laughs> yeah well i mean it just seems like there's been such a it's the, the sexual identities are these front and center things that we all need to know about each other's sexuality and i have this flag that represents yeah. me in this way and i we Super need to straight. walk that back no i mean I don't want to know even that. I don't think that that... Why is that relevant? Why, why is, is relevant? any of the sexuality stuff relevant to people yeah. that you're not... You're not... <sighs> that aren't your partners? You know what? We keep on coming back to this over the course of our deep end. Mm-hmm. Is it, we keep on coming back to sexual morality. Pornography, mm-hmm. the relationship between men and women specifically. I think a lot of like the underbelly of the gender wars is based on the battle of the sexes, so-called. So mm-hmm. It's based on... A, no, there, so there's a basic fundamental asymmetry between men and women. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to opine right now that all of culture is creative ways of articulating that asymmetry. All of culture. All of culture, all of human culture hmm. is, is, is signals hmm. basically to institute se- uh, mores around sexuality. Really? I, think, I think that, I think that. What about. What about a lot of culture is about worshiping um, God? I well, I, how how what's the highest act of worship of of the Creator of life? Creating more life. But maybe maybe that's just you're focusing on. I don't know. I have to think about this. Okay, it's a huge statement. And I have to it's, think it's about like this. It's, it's something I don't know. that I make you think. I can't agree with it right no, off the you bat, can't. but oh, I'll no. think about it. Please don't th- th- agree with me. No, I'm not going to right now. But I'm saying our, it, our culture is particularly maladaptive, have, has created a... We have really bungled up that asymmetry, that 
fecund, potent, creative asymmetry mm. between the sexes has been bungled mm. for this for a lot of different reasons. Mm. And a lot of the ills in our society come down to that untethered, mm. the untethered sexuality and, and sexuality not being, or erotic, the erotic intent or the libidinal urge not being aimed in a creative direction. It's, it's aimed in a narcissistic direction. <laughs> Look. Do they have heat in their house? <laughs> it's called a blanket, man. We're, try, we're trying to ESG our way into the winter. <laughs> we do have heat in our house, but we just got in from being out, and yeah. it wasn't on, and it's taking a long time to warm back up. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's just cold here. It's cold and damp. Are we not hot enough for you? What was his name? Oh Shrug. Oh Helen Blavatsky, Shrug. That's the worst. You said one time you said, Leslie, one time you said, what did you I know, say? I, you, you, what you hate most is the mid. Give me somebody who's, who's, who's fuggly or beautiful, but the mid. I said just, that? I don't think no, that's no, what but, I said. But you said you really yeah, have a problem too. with ambivalence, something yeah. that's in, in the middle. Something well, that's but not, no. neither hot, hot nor, nor cold, something that's lukewarm. Oh, no, I said that about my, my tea or my coffee, not about yeah. attitudes and Well, no, opinions. I think aesthetics, too. No, uh, maybe. I don't, know. I like, don't know. Like that uncomfortable mid, and yet you are the radical center. There's just a lot of tension <laughs> yeah. here. There's a lot of tension here. Anyways. Oh. Uh, Here's any current. audience questions? Benjamin is right. Humans are designed to produce offspring and survive long enough to raise kids. I think it's just the, it's the fundamental, like, seesaw upon which everything runs. If that thing is out of whack, the entire culture, the, the entire civilization That's falls apart. Ben's wearing that hat because he knows it looks cute. No, I'm wearing that hat because <laughs> she thought it looked cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my hat. Yeah. Yeah, too much dithering when we try to argue within a purely worldly framework. Yeah. This Can is, you put um, that on the screen? Did Jerry put that on the no, screen? I didn't yet. Too much dithering when we try to argue within a purely worldly framework. It's really, it's really hard. We have no, we have no common transcendental language, and we can try to create it spiritual, not religious, and stuff. It's really, really difficult. It's just, it's just a really, really difficult thing. So I, I don't, I really appreciate like when you came into my life and we had these conversations. You helped me articulate like how to communicate the reality of a sexual morality because mm. it has, it has to be aimed towards a virtue or a value. What is that value? What's the highest value that sexuality can be aimed at? And this value doesn't mean that other, other aspects of sexuality are not valid. It's just, they all serve one thing, which would be what connection. Okay. That's what we said. Sexuality is about connection. It's a, and then and, I can, ex, and I've, ex, I've, and procreation. I've extrapolated on that. I have some really cool creative ways of saying it. it's like, it's a language of intimacy, right? It's the, it's the embodiment of, of, of a, of a, of just like, like, like it's one, it's one aspect in which it's one way in which two individuals and I think superior, I'm just going to say, men and women are just superior. Like, they're, they're um, the king. They're the king. Everything superior else. Superior to what? To every other form of sexual congress. The male and the female form oh, of congress. Oh, you're talking about heterosexuality. I'm just going to say, if we're, if we're going to tier sexuality and, like, a male-female sexual relationship within a loving, long-term relationship, that's S-tier. That is just S-tier. There's S? nothing. 
as like like S A B E C D E and F. Like it's just it's a it's a thing. I don't know what she doesn't know what I'm talking about. Like like I'm just gonna say okay. that that heterosexual long term, uh, maybe or maybe not procreative, but with the capacity for that, or mm-hmm. at least like using the vehicle for that, that is the supreme okay. form of intimacy. But anyways, that that Congress. Loving Congress, creative, loving, fun Congress. It can be creative, it can be loving, it can be pleasurable, and so on. It's one way in which we get to shut off our brains and actually be close. The, every other way of being close to another person is linguistic. And that is one way where you can be close to somebody that is not linguistic. That's like ontological. Like, like mm-hmm. we're, we're, we are, we're expressing our beings to one another. And we are enveloped within being with one another. And so in relation to a paraphilia or a fetish or a... Aberrant sexuality of some sort, yeah. yeah. Or another. What, how was that? It would all be, it would, it would just be, it would just be, uh, if that is prime, if you can say that that's prime, and that's the problem, guys, in the GC cult, like you have to say that there has to be one way to have sex. You and do? Then, you have to say I think that? You, I think you have to but say could that. could that be a category? If, could you say that it's just between two people? Could you say that it's a connection? No, because two like, people? what? What if two people are like beating each other up or sadomasochistic? Oh, but I mean, if if you define it, because you're talking about one specific thing, you're talking about heterosexuality, and you're talking about procreative. No, I'm I'm talking about sexuality in general. If they okay. want to go into the, if they want to start to moralize sexuality, mm-hmm. and police erotic but who is intent. They? Are you just talking about the angry people on Twitter? I'm or are you ta- talking yeah, about... no, I'm talking about the entire discussion. I'm talking about the entire discussion. Do we you see have people to... who are who are seriously, uh, you know, moving this discussion in any particular direction, having some kind of having this really? What what? How do you see this? Who are you talking to when you say that? I'm just saying, if you're going to start to police dress, you're going to police it based on sex, right? Sexual intent. Do you You're think anybody's start to, really talking about doing that? Like, really? I really do think that if you follow that disgust reaction to its root, it's okay. the it's the desire to reimpose sexual mores that have been lost from our culture for way too long that have that have made women and men both adrift in totally different ways, okay. or or in similar but different ways, okay. or largely in, in in just adrift and alienated. Modern sexuality is alienating. Mm-hmm. Tinder hookup culture is alienated. Pride Month. And all these paraphilias, it's alienating. Mm-hmm. And, and people are starting to want to express disgust about this. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the GenSpec conference was one place where they could express disgust at. Because, like, these are, I think part of the animus here is that GenSpec was supposed to be a place where they felt safe. And that they didn't want GenSpec to be open to more ideas than they wanted to be GenSpec to be their ally okay. in these ways, where GenSpec was like, we have a mission. Allyship is around this mission, not necessarily just like mm-hmm. making everybody feel good. Mm-hmm. We want to stop or to provide an alternative to the medicalization of youth. Mm-hmm. Period. Everything else is like is invited under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. You're you're giving me a signal, but I need to chill out. <laughs> really intense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it it all comes down to if we're going to start to police morality, if we're going to start to police dress, and then it goes to sex, if we're going to start to put that disgust mechanism in its place, then it's got to be aimed at a positive morality. And that's what I'm saying. If you're going to actually make a positive sexual morality, you're going to have to make a hierarchy. Nobody wants to do that. Because then some people are lesser than others. And some people are born that way. Wait, but some people get to be born that way 
But other people can't be born that way. Some people can be not standard. Mm-hmm. Some people can be the good deviants, and some people are the bad deviants. And somebody, or here, there's no such thing as deviancy. Thank you for the super chat, Corinna. Did you read that one, Corinna? No, read it out loud. Okay. Keep sexuality private. Gender criticism transmutating into gender Calvinism. Dress as you wish is out. Dress as we let you in uh, is, is in. in. Yeah. 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 Uh, there was one I wanted to read here. It was about teens. Darkwater says, teens are rebelling by not having sex. It's not surprising the population is declining after sterilization became acceptable. I think that's interesting. I don't know that I would say that it's rebelling by not having sex. I think a lot about the way young people are being raised has changed quite a bit. There's not nearly as much freedom. And there's so much access to Internet pornography. And I think it's really warping the way young people Think about sex and sexuality and think about each other. Oh, what's this? This is another super chat. Woot Bass Baseman. What was Rudy's best point against Phil? I don't approve of AGPs having secret sometimes sex with themselves in public. You? What's that? Um, His best? Th- it's, really, it's really, really I interesting. I and haven't listened to that conversation. I, I appreciate Rudy coming on. I appreciate Phil coming. I appreciate them both for willing to hang themselves out there. And mm-hmm. I did a lot of work on Phil's side. And so as a moderator, I think it's fair to say I was biased towards Phil's side because I didn't understand how we can go into the discussion around disgust at sexuality without mm-hmm. violating the code of never, um, never, never making a distinction between heterosexuality and homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And and Rudy's like a like a openly homosexual male. So mm-hmm. like, but his 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 sexuality is sacrosanct. But he has a disgust. Uh, like his his entire argument of, about Phil resolved into a disgust reflex. Mm-hmm. But what what? But if you wind back the clock fifty, forty, thirty years, the dis- disgust reflex was closeting homosexuals. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to we want to start to yeah we it's want like to, where do you put the pin in the yeah timeline. we want to we want to regulate disgust and what you're saying what I think is possible this is the way that everybody gets their cake and and gets to eat it too is that we just relegate it to the bedroom make sexuality private but to what extent does sexuality influence how we express ourselves in public mm-hmm. and this is where I got in trouble. I said, if you're going to police a man in a dress, why not police a woman in a halter top with no bra on and yoga pants? Mm-hmm. Because if a woman is walking around in a yoga top and uh, a yoga top and halter pants, <laughs> and she knowingly knows that men are deriving sexual satisfaction from that, mm-hmm. the men aren't going to say anything. Well, no, and, and I'm but I mean, they're still think, intent, right? It's still I making don't know the about sexual that public particular outfit because I think that that's become so common that people maybe don't don't realize that that's as sexy as it might be to other people. But there are some times when women do dress really purposefully uh, to, to catch the eye. Of course they do. Young women, I I can remember doing that. Well, to what, to what degree are we going to start to police that? I know. But but I think, I think it really is like they don't want to police women at all. They really want to police male sexuality. This one, Chosarian Fraud says, sex is so common, it's no longer a taboo. No teen rebellion in that. But I don't think that teens have sex just to rebel. I think that's kind of very low on the 
list of reasons that they would be um, having sex. I don't think I was ever thinking about what my whether it was taboo or not. I, in fact, I would have preferred not to be thinking about my parents or any adults at all when I was a teenager and feeling randy. Oh, feeling randy. Yeah. Feeling randy. Yeah. Anything else you want to read here? Feeling randy. Yeah, I'm just looking at these. Or did, did I creep nice you out song. by getting so passionate about these? Did you stuff? creep me out? Did I creep you out? No, you didn't creep me out. I don't find you very creepy. You don't find me creepy? No. Not even when I creep up behind you when I walk down the hallway you know, like a normal human being. You scare me. Okay. You scare me. I startle you. Yes, you startle me. Yeah. And, I, and you make me shriek. You go, whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do that. And, a lot. I, and then what I say? You say, you live with a man. You live with a man. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's what Like you're a creepy man, because I'm so quiet and creepy. I creep down the hallway. <laughs> you do. Everybody else in this house stomps down the hallway. I like actually like walk like this. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you are creepy. It's just okay, not the way yeah, that they meant. You're not. Um, you're not disgusting and scary. Yeah. No. Thank you for like marrying you. me. <laughs> it's been three weeks. Has uh, it? Oh, on Is Friday. Wait, on Friday it was our. Th- no, it was yeah. our four week. No, on Friday. really? No, three. It's got to it be three. three. But no, because <laughs> it was two at Genspect. We had our fourteen. We had our fortnight. Did we? At Genspect, okay. and then I was away okay. last week, and so yeah, we had four. So it was twenty-eight days. Well, thanks. It's a sex pact. <laughs> uh, maybe we shouldn't make that <laughs> no, public. Yeah, that was in public. That. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be private. Strike that That's from the, the record. Whole yeah, yeah. We, okay, yeah. That was totally. Jeez. It was not. Okay, no, now you are creepy. Okay. Is, yeah, no, we're like Ozzy okay. and Harriet or Mormon and Nancy or whatever. I don't know. We sleep across the room from each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two, two or, or we beds. don't sleep, and the cats just pounce back and forth between us. <laughs> Anyways. Well, okay. Well, thank you. Do you have anything else you want to say? Well, do you have anything else do you want to say? No, I think that's... Is there any, any like, tricky things, any questions that you want to leave the audience? Uh, yeah, I think that the question about sexual morality is one that I'd love to hear more people oh. weigh in on. Like, how do we define a healthy sexual morality? Right now, absent a, um, absent a universal religious foundation, yeah. how do we come back to something that we can define and agree upon? This in terms thing. of healthy sexual morality, without, a th- without authority, you can't. You can't. Well, that's why I want to ask the question. Without authority, you How can't. Do, do that's. Anything. I'd like to hear what people have to say. That's the question. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining the deep end. I will have Kelly J. Keene and Stella O'Malley apparently live on Thursday at 7 p.m. UK time, which is 11 a.m. Pacific time. I look forward to watching that. That's going to be really. Gangbusters. It'll be, um, it'll be really great to hear what they think because they both are. They come from really strong perspectives, yes. and it'll be it'll be fascinating to to hear them think about all these topics. I deeply admire both of those women. Yeah. I deep. I'm I'm sorry, but I just I deeply admire women. That's why I really enjoy speaking what with them. What a misogynist them. thing to say. I know it's so condescending. It's so patriarchal. Like I really <laughs> want to hear your opinion. I want to hear Kelly J. Keene's opinion. I want to hear Stella yeah. O'Malley's opinion. I just I, I want to hear these women who uh, disagree with me's opinion. I don't think that you're getting anywhere by calling you know people names or like by being overly nasty. I think that that is just a way of not making an argument. So I really encourage everybody who has strong opinion to just try to articulate that opinion. You know, I'll say something that's really nice that you do. You read these, these, there'll be these terrible comments that people say about you. And you're so nice to these people when you tell, when you show them to me, you're like, eh, she's not being her best. She's really, really a nice person. I keep, and, and, and you're like, you're so forgiving, even when they're, they're 
they're saying these horrible things to you. Mm. It's really sweet. Yeah. It's yeah. really nice. I like that. I think that. we're all children. Yeah. I think we're all wrong. I think yeah. we're all just really doing our best. And sometimes our, our worst gets the better of us mm-hmm. in that pursuit. Mm. I'm going to end on that because that was just a tweet. So I'm going to go write that down. You guys have a great night. Thank you very much. If you guys want to support us, which we could really appreciate. Um, <laughs> in our cold house. In our cold house. <laughs> uh, there's a link to the, the buy us a coffee. If you guys want to buy us yeah. a coffee or kitty, kitty food, that's down in the description. We really appreciate <laughs> that. But absolutely, just enjoy this content. And create your own content, too. The content must flow. You guys have a very mm-hmm. blessed Sunday evening. Thank you.